The Miami Hurricanes finally win again for the first time in over a month. Let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much on this Victory Sunday or whatever day you're watching this or listening to this for making Locked On Canes your first listen today, available free wherever you get your podcasts, and available free on YouTube. First victory since mid-September. Hallelujah. The Canes get it done on the road. It wasn't as pretty as it could have been, but Miami gets a 20-14 to victory over the Hokies in Blacksburg. Now, in the first half specifically, and Miami took a 17-0 lead into the locker room, I finally felt that the Hurricanes for the first time this season, in that first half, we're finally playing up to their own talent level. And we've been asking all season, we've been asking for fast starts, right? Because even in the two previous games that Miami had won, you know, against Bethune-Cookman, for whatever that matters, and against Southern Miss, the Hurricanes started slow, especially in the Southern Miss game before finishing strong. And then, you know, in a couple of Miami's losses, like against North Carolina, against Middle Tennessee, they had horrifically slow starts and actually finished the games pretty well, just not well enough to win. This time, it was basically the opposite. You had a fast start in this game, and then the fast start allowed you to hold on and to win in the end. Uh, talking about the good... There was a lot of good this game, guys, on defense. The pass rush constantly making Grant Wells feel the heat. Akeem Mesador, certainly the defensive player of the game for Miami. And, you know, he was among the two or three very best in this game, period. You could debate whether Akeem Mesador had a better day than Tyler Van Dyke or Colby Young. But Akeem Mesador, guys, he is a monster. He continually proves he's one of the very best edge rushers in the entire country. Right, We talked about it on our preview episode. Akeem Mesidor came into this Virginia Tech game the third-rated edge rusher in America, according to PFF. I'm not sure when the new grades, if they've dropped already, if they're going to drop. He didn't hurt his case. He might be number one or number two after that performance. Three and a half sacks for Mesidor, eight tackles. Led the team in tackles yesterday. Now, when a defensive end is your leading tackler, that's usually a pretty good sign that you're getting tackles for loss and tackles near the line of scrimmage. And Miami did have seven TFLs on the day. I'll tell you who else was really good on that defense. Uh, and we've said his name a lot throughout the year in the linebacking core. Corey Flagg, very good again yesterday. Had a big sack, had two tackles for a loss. And, you know, you talk about certain areas that have been seemingly hopefully addressed anyway. And I say hopefully because we know Virginia Tech's offense is bad, right? I'm not going to pretend that Miami made plays like this against an offense like Clemson's or an offense like North Carolina who you faced last week. But we were asking for this defense to stop bleeding these big plays and mission accomplished on Saturday. The longest play that Miami's defense gave up was 27 yards. That's a great stat considering – how many 57-yard, 74-yard, 98-yard chunk plays that they've given up over their previous couple of losses? 
Uh, you know, Miami, and, and also I look at some of the individual matchups and how Miami contained the top playmakers on Virginia Tech. Because before the game, we told you, watch out for their top running back, Malachi Thomas. Watch out for their top receiver, Caleb Smith. Now, Thomas did have some success catching passes out of the backfield, scored a touchdown. But on the ground, Miami held Thomas to just 41 yards. Uh, and Virginia Tech's top receiver, Caleb Smith, very dangerous, was held to just three catches for 26 yards. He came into this game with over 400 receiving yards on the year and over 16 yards per grab. So I thought Miami did a really nice job against him. So, And by the way, folks, for anyone watching this right now, I don't want you to think we're going to ignore the penalties, okay? We're going to talk a lot about the penalties and really outside of some backbreaking, unnecessary penalties. Miami's defense did a really, really good job. On offense, two straight weeks of evidence now. Tyler Van Dyke is freaking back. <laughs> yes. 29 for 46 for TVD. 351 yards, two touchdowns, and most importantly, zero interceptions. That was something else to be pleased with Miami on. You know how many times Miami turned the football over on Saturday? Zero. I will take that. No interceptions, no fumbles. What a welcome sight that was after, you know, the awful turnovers, especially that uh, Jalen Knighton fumble against North Carolina last week to not give the ball up at all. Miami only got one takeaway, but you win that turnover margin 1-0. You take that any day of the week. Uh, but let's talk about Tyler Van Dyke. I loved how TVD killed things off on Miami's final drive because at that point, momentum was flowing in one direction and it wasn't in Miami's direction. Momentum had been flowing 100% for the Hokies there. It felt like Miami was destined to give them the ball back with a chance to win the game on a, on a touchdown, right? Because you're up six at that point. But TVD on that final drive, had a 15-yard completion of Frank Ladson for a first down. That was perfect, incredible throw and catch. And then Miami needed another first down. Tyler runs it himself for nine yards, moves the chains, and then you're able to take a couple of kneel downs to end the game. So thank you, Tyler, for killing off that game at a point where things were looking kind of ugly for Miami, okay? Will Mallory was beasting before he got injured. Three catches for 62 yards. Now, Will took an unfortunate hit to the head on a targeting play that did took the it took the Virginia Tech player out of the game for suspension, but it also ended Will Mallory's day. His game was over in the first quarter. But Will, I mean, and, and Mario Cristobal did say after the game he thinks Mallory is going to be okay, and I hope so because he was playing like a man possessed at that point. It was unbelievable the way he even made an adjustment to make the catch and held on to the football on the play where he got hurt. And guys, you know, enough about Will Mallory for a second. Yes, Tyler Van Dyke now has a legitimate number one target at wide receiver. My goodness, Colby Young. We've been telling you guys since July when he transferred in. And thanks, by the way, to the real ones out there on social media who have been have been giving us credit because I will take it. I'm wrong about a lot of stuff. <laughs> But I was right about Colby Young. I told you the second this guy transferred in, watch out for him. He could end up being Miami's best receiver or one of Miami's best receivers. Two straight games, we're seeing it from Colby Young. Colby Young is him. He is the one. Six foot five with glue hands and solid speed. 
nine catches for 110 yards and a touchdown on the day. Colby Young was targeted 13 times. He had at least two brilliant one-handed grabs, uh, including a 37-yarder on Miami's opening drive. And, you know, that opening drive was nice because the Canes had, again, unnecessary penalties on that opening drive, and they converted. I think it was like a second and 27 or a third and really long to keep the chains moving. That was really good stuff there to overcome some unfortunate penalties. But Colby Young, he's got the size to create mismatches, and he's got the ability to get those contested grabs. Okay, so really good stuff from him. Uh, Colby is playing with so much confidence right now. This guy went from junior college to suddenly looking like one of the best receivers in the ACC. So getting a guy like that from Juco, kudos to Miami's coaching staff for finding him, okay? And yes, you saw how, especially after Will Mallory went down, Tyler was looking for Colby Young on every crucial passing down. You know who else was terrific in this game? Lou Headley. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Got to give some credit to the punter. He pinned the Hokies inside their own 10-yard line three times. Inside their 20, four times on the day. So Lou Headley was really, really, really good. Uh, we're going to talk about what Miami didn't do so well. So keep it locked here to Locked on Canes. After we talk about Simply Safe. Folks, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. And I know this because I use Simply Safe in my own home. I don't trust anybody else. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why I love it, guys. Simply Safe's technology, it's incredible. It's like having the 22nd century in your fingertips when you can access on their app right on your phone the crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras or their wide variety of high tech sensors with 24 7 professional monitoring. Simply Safe's agent call you, their agents call you the moment a threat is detected and they dispatch police or first responders in an emergency even if you're not home or can't be reached. So guys, I'm telling you, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. How about that? Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free on Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and available free on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that thumbs up, hit that like button, and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. So, all right, we talked about the good. Let's talk about the bad and the ugly. First of all, Miami didn't run the ball well, again. Um, and this is one of those times where reality was worse than the stats. Cause if you look at the stats, Miami did rush for 117 yards, which, you know, that, that isn't good, but it, it's a lot better than the last couple of games where they're under 50 yards. Um, but only 3.8 yards per carry against Virginia tech. Uh, now I do believe the Canes and we're going to talk about the injuries. They definitely missed Henry Parrish in this game, but it's still really no excuse. I mean, our guy, Thad Franklin, he had one big carry at 18 yards, but didn't really do much else. Same thing with Rooster. He did pop a 15-yarder, did uh, Jalen Knighton. Only had 12 additional yards, though, on his other nine carries. Miami's probably best runner, at least, you know, most efficient with the two carries that he had, 
was Jakari Brown. I love that Miami now has a short yardage package to get Jakari Brown on the field. You know what's funny? I had, and I don't think I ever answered it on the pod, but within the last week or so, I got a question on Twitter from a listener who said, hey, do you ever think that they're going to find like a, like a some kind of a wildcat package or a short yardage package to get number 11 true freshman quarterback Jakari Brown on the field? And I basically laughed the question off. Like, I'm like, no, nah, they'll, they'll never do that. Like they're, you know, they're, they're I, I guess I, I didn't give enough credit to Josh Gaddis, who was calling the first handful of games like a dinosaur in the last couple of weeks. We've seen some evolution, more creativity. And yeah, they have found a Jakari Brown package and third down and short yardage. They actually put him on the field three times. One of those times they didn't use him because it was uh, it was fourth and short. And they were going to try to pick up the first down on fourth and one. But then you had a false start penalty, moved it back to fourth and six. Miami decided to punt instead. But you did give two carries to Jakari Brown, picked up a crucial first down the first time. And then the second time, picked up 19 yards. Very talented, very quick, very difficult to tackle. So I loved, I know I'm complaining about the lack of a running game, but I'm not complaining about Jakari Brown. That was really, really cool to see him thrive in Miami's new Wildcat package or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and his 19-yard carry, by the way, was the longest that Miami got in the game. Miami's longest run still this season, folks, remains a 20-yard run by Henry Parrish. I think it was against Southern Miss. It was either against Southern Miss or Texas A&M. That's the longest carry Miami's had all year. That was the only carry of at least 20 yards. Miami hasn't had anything over 20 yards all year. So we're missing those chunk plays. We're not popping plays out of the running game. Uh, so we want to see that get better. And again, you have a lot of offensive linemen that have been injured and you've gotten very, very thin up front, but the run blocking hasn't looked great. And your running backs are also not getting extra yards after contact. And sometimes they're just missing that one hole that if they can hit it, if they can find it, they could be picking up 15, 20, 30 extra yards. It's just not been happening. So let's talk about the biggest concern out of this game yesterday. The penalties. My goodness. <laughs> that was what's the word that I use to describe Miami's penalties? Horrific, horrifying, disgusting. 17 penalties for 159 yards on the day. It felt like the Canes were trying to gift wrap this game for the Hokies through self inflicted wounds. Okay. It was especially bad on offense with holdings false starts left and right. You also had though unnecessary, the, the, the defense had their share of bad penalties, guys. Late hits out of bounds, pass interference, face masks, defensive holdings that were called, 17 penalties, 159 yards. Like it, it's actually, and I know Virginia Tech again, I know they're a bad team, but it's, it's actually kind of surprising you were able to overcome that many penalties and still win the game. Uh, I think maybe the most penalized Miami's ever been. You remember the miracle in Durham game from years ago where you had the, the kick return? I think Miami was penalized like 22, 23 times in that game, and they overcame it. You overcame 17 big-time penalties in this one. And I'll tell you, it was surprising. And I know that a lot of people watched that game yesterday. They're like, oh, this is just who Miami is, undisciplined, a lot of penalties. Up until Virginia Tech, that's not been the case this year, guys. 
it was surprising to me because Miami heading into that game, the Hurricanes were actually one of the least penalized teams in college football. They were top 20 in the country in fewest penalties prior to Virginia Tech. So I look at this and I say, it's starting to feel like this team has a checklist of different ways to shoot themselves in the foot every game. It's like they have a bingo card and they're like, okay, so we are, we've already filled up the space of giving up 75, 90 yard passing plays. So that's out, right? We've already filled up the space of muffed punts and special teams errors. We've already, uh, you know, filled up the space of not being able to throw the football and throwing interceptions left and right. So hold on, wait, I'm looking at my bingo card. The only one we have left for bingo is let's commit 17 penalties and nearly hand the game to the opponent. Like it's crazy. Miami fixes one issue and then a new problem emerges, right? It's like, um, you know, I, I think about like like the old uh, comics or cartoons of like the, the little boy in Holland who like you see the little the hole in the dike and the water is, is bursting out. So like he sticks his finger in the hole and then a new hole pops up somewhere else. Like that's what it feels like with this Canes team. So the penalty thing, um, you know, here's what Mario Cristobal had to say about it after the game. Why don't I give you this quote? Let me let me give you coach talking about it. He says, quote, for the first time on the road. We didn't handle the environment very well, Cristobal said. No, we have to do a better job operating, he says, getting them on the same wavelength. We prepare hard, work hard, have to stop being so damn anxious when the game is on the line, he said. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, they looked very anxious as they have really all season long. This team looks nervous a lot. It's like they almost, I think that they feel the pressure that we, the media and we, the fans put on them. And that seems to like manifest with how tense they look at times. They also look very amped and yeah, you are playing in one of the loudest stadiums in the ACC and all that. That's not an excuse. I'm just, uh, because again, this was, this game was a statistical aberration compared to what Miami's done throughout the year. Cause it's not like you've been committing penalties left and right really until this game. So I'm hoping, I am hoping this is one of those issues that they can address before Duke coming in next week. Now, will we see a new issue arise when they fix this one, which seems to be the trend perhaps, but yeah, um, I can guarantee you, cause I talked to a couple of former Canes players about this, not that they played for Mario Cristobal, but you know, they, they know how this stuff goes. What's the coaching staff going to be like, you know, when they're back in practice today, Sunday, and then throughout the week? You can expect people to get chewed out in team meetings. That's number one. And you can expect a lot of extra gassers being run in practice. So hopefully this penalty issue is something the Canes can put behind them because it was really, really bad in this one. And it's like, I don't know how much time I should even spend talking about it because a, you still won the game. So I want to be happy about a victory because guys, I don't take any W for granted and I make no apologies for a victory. Because guess what? The hurricanes are a game closer to being bowl eligible now at three and three on the year. And you keep your very, very slim hopes alive in the coastal very slim because North Carolina, they improved to three and zero in conference play. They, they, they got a close victory against Duke on Saturday night. So Duke could have done us a favor. They didn't quite do that. So you're still way behind North Carolina, but at least Miami, you're, you're keeping yourselves alive. Bowl eligibility, a miracle comeback in the coastal division. These things are on the table now for the Canes. 
And it's always nice to beat Virginia Tech. Now, Miami has beaten the Hokies in five out of their past six meetings and eight out of the past 11. I will make no apologies for that. And the fact that the Hurricanes weren't a supremely penalized team prior to Saturday, it gives me some hope that this is a problem they can put behind them again quickly, especially since you return home for your next upcoming game. But penalties were not the only problem. There was another big-time problem we have to discuss right after we talk about the awesome folks at betonline.net. Guys, BetOnline is your number one source for football info and betting this season. I did really well yesterday on BetOnline, guys. LSU Tigers, thank you so much for that big victory. Thank you so much, Ole Miss. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering info. And wait, hold on, hold on. Let me bring you this beautiful visual. Oh, betonline.net, guys. You see it. Odds, news, and scores. BetOnline has you covered all season long with up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Unfortunately, the Hurricanes did not cover the spread yesterday. It was seven points for most of the week, and then it got to nine points before kickoff. And you know what? If Miami had committed like eight or nine penalties instead of 17 penalties, it would have been a blowout and they would have covered. Okay, but they didn't cover. We'll see if we can do that next time around. But guys, check out betonline.net where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So another another issue, uh, something I didn't like, uh, even though Miami did get the dub 20 to 14 clock management, it went awry in that fourth quarter, specifically Miami's second to last drive. They were up 20 to seven at that point. Virginia Tech was starting to grab momentum. The Hurricanes needed to milk the clock. And on their second to last drive, getting the football with about six and a half minutes left, they only managed to milk 52 seconds, despite even getting a first down on that drive. Inexcusable. Four passing plays on that drive, zero runs. And I know we're playing the result on this, okay? Hindsight is always 20-20 because they were trying to be aggressive and pick up first downs. And if they'd gotten an extra first down or two, they would have killed off the game. We wouldn't be playing the result. But you didn't take any clock away, guys. Zero runs attempted. Uh, you ended up punting the ball back to the Hokies with the 13-point lead at that point, uh, over six minutes left in the game. Hokies did end up scoring a touchdown on their next drive and left about three and a half minutes on the clock. So Miami on this second to last drive could have iced the game if they had only managed to bleed a few minutes off the clock instead of a few seconds. So I, I, I guess like Miami's logic would have been our running game has just been hitting a brick wall. It's not getting us anywhere. Tyler is hot. He's got a hot set of dice. So we figure we can probably pick up a few first downs in the air, kill this game off. Instead, they got one completion for a first down and then three incompletions and a punt on your next four plays after that. And you gave the Hokies an opportunity to win this football game. So, guys, bottom line is um, 
how much of this is on the players or how much of this is on the coaching. There's some fault on both sides. We can blame whoever. The Hurricanes still do not have balance in their offense, right? Early in the season, they weren't throwing the football well. They were running it well, no balance. Last couple of games, they're throwing the football exceptionally well, not running the football well at all, lacking balance. That's something we need to improve upon because if you're trying to kill off games, obviously the play calling, play selection has to be better, but the execution also has to be better to give the coaches the confidence that we can actually pick up some yards on the ground and give ourselves a chance to win, okay? And, you know, I know... um, on a very serious note, Miami did have to overcome a ton of injuries on Saturday. And I hope all these players are okay. And also for the guys who have been injured long-term, like Xavier Restrepo, we're going to get him back at some point in November. Jacoby George, hopefully we get him back either late in October or in early November. Um, Don Chaney, hopefully we get him back at some point, maybe later this month or in early November. So you're dealing with, and you know, Trevante Citizen, unfortunately, we're not going to see back this year. Elijah Arroyo is out for the season. We're not going to see back this year. Those are the long-term guys. Hopefully we get these short-term injuries back soon as well, because you headed into the game yesterday. No Zion Nelson. Uh, Ja'Kai Clark dressed. Uh, I don't think he played at all. No Henry Parrish, which definitely it affected your running game. No Tyreek Stevenson, no Michael Redding. Thankfully, Colby Young looks like a monster out there. And then Will Mallory and Brashard Smith both got hurt during the game. And I'm probably leaving a few out because there were just so many. So let's not take for granted how many injuries the Miami Hurricanes had to overcome. So if you learned anything on today's episode, and I, I learned things, uh, you know, doing the statistical deep dives, re-watching games, doing research, Um, First of all, guys, be happy you won the game, okay? Unfortunately, Miami is not at a point where you can come out of a victory and be pissed about style points and, oh, we didn't win by enough, we didn't dominate by enough. I I think this program in the last several years and in the last several weeks, they've shown us who we are right now. This is a rebuilding team, a team that's trying to get better, a team that's trying to, to reach elite status but they're nowhere close to that right now. We just need to focus on winning games and fixing mistakes as they arise. So let's try to fix this running game. Let's try to improve on the discipline. Let's just hope that Saturday committing all those penalties was a one-time thing and these guys get back to focusing and not shooting themselves in the foot week after week. But you still, you went into Blacksburg in a must-win situation. It was must-win as well for Virginia Tech because – they're way behind the eight ball now at two and five. Like that team's probably not going to make a bowl game now. It was a must win game for both teams. And Miami was able to get that dub. I make no apologies for it. So be appreciative of the victory. Be appreciative. You've got one of the best pass rushers in the country in Akeem Mesador. You've got what's looking again like one of the better quarterbacks in the country because Tyler Van Dyke is back. And we found ourselves a number one wide receiver in Colby Young. So let's be thankful for these things and let's hope the Canes look even better this coming weekend. We're going to have a big week coming up with Locked on Canes. So guys, make sure you're supporting the show. Subscribe to our audio channels, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Google, wherever you get your pods, subscribe to Locked on Canes. If you can be so kind to leave us a five-star review, I read all of them and I appreciate you guys so much. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and you can comment on there to your heart's content. We will talk to you guys again on Monday on another episode of Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.